Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What makes a successful meal? This time of year, it seems like all we do is eat. And so many of our festivities revolve around food and meals shared around a table. And so a lot of energy this month goes into making those settings a success. Whether it's Thanksgiving that has just passed or a Christmas Day feast to come or one of the many feasts we will share in between, most of us aim to honor past traditions, to celebrate family, to have some fun along the way. But my suspicion is that when you start to get all of your family together, what most of us are trying to do is to get through the holidays and just keep the peace. And in striving to keep the peace, what we seem to end up with is a lot of stress. Stress about the table setting. Are we using grandma's china or everyday tableware? Stress about who's coming to dinner, the teenagers who would rather be anywhere else, the students home from college that you forgot eat a lot, the in-laws that you can't stand, the neighbor who is more like family than your own. We stress about what can be served, knowing who is dairy-free and gluten-free and nut-free and keto and which of your family members is just picky. And not only do we stress about what can be served, but we stress about what should be served. There's that uh, meeting the litmus test, right? Did we make the cranberry sorbet and the gravy up to grandma's standard? And then we stress about the timing of the meal and whether or not we can get all of those things out on the table with everyone peaceably sitting around the table while the food is still warm. We work really hard this time of year to create a peaceful setting a portrait of familial bliss and harmony. But the truth is, the truth is that it's always full of more complexity than that, right? I saw a whole lot of your uh, Thanksgiving pictures on Instagram and Facebook uh, in the last two weeks. I posted one too. Um, And the pictures were full of smiles and abundance around all kinds of different tables. But we all know that life isn't always that filtered picture on Instagram, and there's usually a story behind those pictures. Maybe your Thanksgiving really was idyllic, but I bet that some of those pictures hid the fights and tensions and unexpected visitors and scenes that were far from peaceful that had happened that very same day. So what is it that makes a successful meal? If you ask the Barefoot Contessa or Martha Stewart, they would surely spend time telling us that peace comes from proper hosting. They would remind us of those basic rules of etiquette, no politics, no religion, no drama. And they would tout the importance of a well-dressed table, not just the proper placement of the fork and knife, but the necessity of a beautiful centerpiece, something that evokes awe that looks beautiful and smells fresh, but not too strong so as to distract from the smell of the food. 
And they would give you pages and pages of instructions about the elaborate menu that was sure to wow the taste buds and finally get your mother-in-law to compliment your cooking. But is that what makes a meal a success, really? This vision of idyllic peace around a table set by the New York Times food section does not seem to be the same as the vision of peace that God paints in Isaiah. In fact, if Isaiah was setting the table, what you would get as a centerpiece is a stump with a single shoot sticking out of it that is as pitiful and hopeful as Charlie Brown's selection of that wimpy Christmas tree at the tree lot. And have you ever noticed that the portraits of the perfect table in food magazines almost always lack people? And yet what God seems to care about most is the cast of characters that's welcome at the feast. If God were setting the table in today's text in Isaiah, one thing is clear, the guest list matters more than the menu. And for Isaiah, the guest list is expansive and surprising. Isaiah paints a picture of peace that is far less concerned about what is proper and far more concerned about who is present. The prophet's vision is not the kind of surface level keeping the peace accomplished by holding up some kind of social niceties. The prophet's vision describes truly being together across all kinds of differences in a way that reflects the expansiveness of the kingdom of God. It's a kind of ridiculous vision if you think about it for long. A wolf and a lamb... A lion and a calf, a cow and a bear, the child playing over a snake's den. These creatures have no more business being together peaceably than most of us do with our estranged family members who show up unexpectedly at the holidays. And yet God says that the kingdom of God, the peaceable kingdom, includes all of those characters together. What matters is that enemies can sit next to one another at the table. And for the Israelites, this vision of a peaceable kingdom was actually a source of deep hope. The prophet was speaking to those who had been exiled and those who now found themselves in communities where their neighbors, their conquerors, the Assyrians, turned out to be their next-door neighbors. Their lives were anything but peaceful at the time. And yet the prophet offers this text and this vision of harmony to come. Isaiah is preparing them for the time that when they return to Jerusalem, they will find a far more diverse city than the one that they left. And yet telling them that it is truly possible to live together in peace. In this peaceable kingdom that Isaiah paints for us, the lions and the lambs, the Assyrians and the Jews, the Russians and the Ukrainians, the Republicans and the Democrats, the rich and the poor, the black and the white, all of them will be invited to gather around tables together. The verbs in the text tell us everything. We get to rest, to lie down, to graze, to play, to live together. And it turns out that all of this is possible 
not because of some complex set of etiquette rules or a perfected menu or because you have set a Pinterest perfect table. The prophet says that all of that is possible not because of any of us. We know that we can't do that on our own. It's possible when Christ is at the center of the table, when that centerpiece is, in fact, a stump with a shoot springing forth, when everyone is gathered around a sign of hope for the future. Isaiah says that centerpiece is the signal that God's peaceable kingdom, full of diverse groups lingering together, can be a place of harmony, and God will, in fact, bring that to be. Peace amidst a diverse community is not only possible, but it is the ultimate promise of God. When the Messiah comes and is at the center, this ridiculous peace is what we all have to enjoy. So what makes a successful meal? In the early church, believers gathered together for worship and for communion, and they came to love one another in the midst of their diversity and all kinds of difference because they realized that they had something in common. Christ was at the center of their lives. And they learned that they enjoyed one another so much that they wanted this sacred meal to linger a little bit longer. And as a way to extend their worship and fellowship, they be began expanding their table and their meal and those that were welcomed around it. They called these gatherings, these extensions of worship, agape meals, love feasts, because love incarnate, Christ, was their centerpiece. Nothing about the meal was perfect or proper, but participants hung around hoping to spend more time together because they realized that when they were with one another, they could see the reflection of Christ in the other. So perhaps that's what it is that makes a meal a success. The desire to be together without rush or formality, but with the growing diversity of the body of Christ together. It sounds right, right? Those dinner parties where you want to linger for just one more cup of coffee, where you wonder if your guests will ever leave, they linger because they are delighting together because love is present. This early practice of love feasts continued for a number of centuries and got lost in the Dark Ages. But in August of 1727, after a similarly memorable communion gathering during worship, a number of church members lingered around. They continued talking about the spiritual blessing of Christ for so long that they were late for lunch and getting hungry. And a Moravian named Count Zizendorf, what a great name, Count Zizendorf, he, he sensed the situation and he had food sent from his house to the church. And these groups gathered together around tables and they sang and they prayed for just a little bit longer. Zizendorf remembered the practice of the love feast from the early church, and he could see no better way to share the peace of Christ than with a simple meal and with song. 
And so the Moravian church rekindled a tradition of the early church, and the Presbyterians are in partnership with the Moravians and have adopted and carried forth these love feasts from then on. What grew out of communion, where Christ is the host, were agape meals where Christ remained at the center. And they reflect the peace of Christ in the intentionality of the service of food, in the patience of waiting for one another to eat, and in the singing that brings the diversity around the table into perfect harmony. So it might not have been the wolf and the lamb or the cow and the bear, but Isaiah's vision of this peaceable kingdom where all are welcome, where all are able to rest and delight, came to life around this table of peace and the love feasts that followed. And at the center of this simple meal is a stump with a single shoot, a sign of hope that when Christ is at the center, the peaceable kingdom is at hand. And so, friends, that's what we're about to do. We move to this table not for our traditional communion, but to gather here, trusting that when we share this meal together, we are in the presence of Christ, where that centerpiece of hope is what brings us together. So at the t center of today's table is love, agape love. And agape love is the kind of self-giving love that heals and unites and restores. It's a love that comes from God made known in Christ. And when Christ is at the center of our tables, our meals that are shared, our lives, all are welcome and the light of Christ shines forth. So today we have a chance to continue that tradition of the Moravians. We'll be fed not just with a morsel like we do at communion, but with the bread of God's abundance. We'll experience the warmth of God's love as we sip tea together. And we will share in the light of Christ, so that in the darkest part of winter, the light and love of Christ that is coming can shine through. This meal is a love feast because all that we share in this time is an embodiment of Christ's love. The meal is not meant to be rushed. Instead, as the love feast fills our bellies, the music will fill our souls. And so as the meal is distributed and then collected, you have the chance to proclaim the promises of God in song. Just as Advent is a season of waiting, it's an act of hospitality that we will sing songs that we know so well together until everyone has been served and we can share in the blessing. We invite you to receive the bun and the tea as the deaners come through and serve you, but I invite you to hold them that we may all say that prayer together. If you need gluten-free bread, if you would just signal to your diener, there is some set aside for you as well. We want everyone to be able to delight in the feast. Finally, our service closes with candlelight, and so this is my friendly reminder that as you share the light of Christ, if your candle is lit, you hold it up. If, you're if you're lighting your candle, 
you tip your unlit candle into the lit candle. We can share the light of Christ without burning down the building, okay? (laughs) So friends, let us delight in Christ's love as we share in this love feast together. 